0: I am on a mission to help organizations drive long-term success and results by implementing an unshakable transformation model. This model puts the employee at the center and works outward to support every aspect of the human experience in the workplace. Welcome to the Human Method Podcast. I am your host, Megan Bond, founder and CEO of the Bond Consulting Group. This podcast is designed to explore incredible guests as experts in a variety of professions and experiences to learn more about the tools that will transform an organization one person at a time. If you are seeking to improve yourself and how you live your life or an organizational leader seeking to make a larger impact on your company through culture change, then this podcast is for you. If you are interested in learning more about personal or organizational transformation, I would love to connect with you. You can chat with me today at www.thebondconsultinggroup.com. Be sure to subscribe and get easy access to future episodes. Thank you and enjoy today's episode of The Human Method. Join me in welcoming our guest today. Uh, This is a very, very special guest, and, and I am so excited for today's session. She holds a doctorate in medical Qigong, is a clinical practitioner, therapist, certifying instructor, curriculum designer, and speaker for integrative approaches to work and living. She also helps people with healing and alternative therapies, including Reiki, Qigong, Five Element and Yin-Yang Theories, Sacred Geometry, Mindfulness, and Meditation. She is a Certified Master Teacher of the Usui Shiki Ryoho and Certifying Qigong Instructor. In addition to private healing sessions, her consultative practice offers private mentoring, coaching, and workshops that help people achieving personal empowerment goals and healing on all levels through cultivating consciousness and understanding, personal potential, as well as the dynamics of consciousness in leadership, team development, and personal development. She is the principal of Susan M. Amarose, LLC, the executive director and president of the board of Green Heiress Charities, Inc., co-founder of Conscious Cafe, and a holistic lifestyle and wellness consultant her professional path has permitted her the privilege of work and travel throughout the globe she has a wide range of intercontinental colleagues and students and therefore a faceted perspective on both healing and solutions at the personal cultural and enterprise levels her far eastern travels have included japan china korea malaysia thailand and singapore allowing for eastern approaches and insights on a western world Please join me in welcoming Susan Amoros. Susan, we could not be more thrilled to have you on this, this show today.
1: I'm thrilled to be here, Megan. Thank you.
0: You're welcome. And Susan, you know, I, oh, you and I have known each other for a while and I've loved working with you. you this work is so profound and impactful on um, how we choose to show up for life. And it's helped me tremendously. I think that, you know, it's taken a while for Western culture to really catch on to this, but I have seen an influx of this work taking form in Western culture, especially um, as this pandemic has hit and people have had to do this deeper work on, on themselves. So to get started, for, for those that might not be fully aware of practices such as Qigong um, and, and the work that you do, will you tell us a little bit more about your work and maybe perhaps define some of your techniques?
1: Oh, I'm more than happy to, Megan. Qigong is still relatively obscure in the West, and many people actually um, may have some concept of or connection to Tai Chi. And Tai Chi is actually um, a categorical expression of or one of the forms contained within the broader context that is Qigong. And Kong is oftentimes interpreted in a very essential way as energy work. Um, and what that truly means in um, this translation into English is connecting to what is the natural life force which animates our bodies while we are alive and that is found in all living things. And it's something that is very much um, the essence of the expression of life and it's very powerful but it's relatively subtle the practice actually informs a connection to this very powerful yet challengingly subtle life force and we do so in a way that conducts the processing of it in a more conscious or aware present way. So we're actually doing things in partnership with this life force and we're making connections. We're assessing where there's need and we are developing a greater awareness that we can actually experience much greater personal power in this conscious connection, which is present in everyone, in all living things.
0: That was a beautiful depiction, Susan. And as I'm listening to you, and as someone who's went through this work, and I've experienced Mm -hmm. this healing practice, my curiosity lies in, and maybe you don't have the answer to this, but you know, I, I would love your thoughts on, why do you think more people haven't picked up this work? Or aren't doing this work, where do you think that resistance may come from?
1: I think that's an excellent question and why it's really exciting to be connecting on these things with you, Megan. There are many answers to that question because this is, although a global practice in many senses of that word, a highly, highly individual and personal practice. We can do it in small groups or large. We can do it individually, um, but it is so very very specific, which essentially is its power potential. Mm -hmm. That said, um, if we think about what yoga was in the 1970s and the 1980s, in the United States, for example, or in the Western hemisphere. And now it's ubiquitous. Um, There are very few people probably uh, alive in North America that doesn't identify in some way, shape, or form to at least the notion, Mm -hmm. which is yoga. And so Qigong is in many ways That So if we look at transcendental meditation that was brought over by Westerners via yogis again in the middle and latter part of the 20th century in the U.S., we're looking at Qigong as being a branch that's relatively obscure, um, however, really manifested fairly powerfully in Tai Chi. Now, Tai Chi is roughly maybe 14 or 1600 years old. Um, Qigong is anywhere from 4,000 to 6,000 years old. So the overall practice itself was to a large extent um, unknown here in the West. Mm -hmm. And in its uh, more essential aspect was not practiced broadly or taught broadly. Interestingly, the advent of um, a world health crisis, a pandemic, really pushed to the fore Qigong and began to make it a little bit more of a household word because um, those who were teaching Tai Chi began to teach Qigong. And that was because it's probably most prominent in consciousnesses because it actually elevates um, our immune response.
0: Mm. you know what I, I'm so glad you brought up the pandemic because let's go there. Um, I think that you know from people I've spoken with, from my own personal experience, this this worldwide ripple effect of a global pandemic of people um, being forced into isolation, people dealing with fear, Um, facing death, losing loved ones, so much has happened in such a short amount of time. And it's, it's fascinating to me that it's hit the entire world and not simply a certain space within within our planet. Um, We've all experienced this in some way. And I think the work that you do really ties to the the impact The pandemic has had on a lot of people where we've been forced to get to know ourselves um, and some of us hadn't haven't really done that work. So what are you noticing? What are you seeing with the different perspectives on covid and, and how people have related to this pandemic in a in a deeply personal way?
1: Well, it's incredible. It seems as though we could divide it into two distinct camps. Those who found it to be exactly what they needed, although they would have preferred it was born out of better circumstances, and those who found it so enormously painfully challenging. And it really does... Have much to do with the way that we connect to variability and unknowns. So, Qigong is very much an empowerment practice, and there is a martial permutation. There is a flow practice, which we could define as spiritual. Uh, And there is an aspect of it which is profoundly therapeutic. And so within this, um, there are many connections to manifesting a really great connection with self, but not in isolation. So again, if we look at practices such as meditation and we look at practices such as yoga, for example, they are fantastic approaches, and I use all of those uh, and many others. But within that, there has a tendency, the way they've manifested in the modern West, to be a very compartmentalized practice. Mm. Whereas Qigong actually pushes through any boundaries, any compartmentalization. And Qigong truly is, in its purest form, very integrative so you are constantly connecting to the, everything around you and connecting to self. And therefore, there is created, I would describe as a much clearer connection to what is incoming and what is outflowing from you. And within that space between a much keener Uh, relationship to the forces that are around you and who you are so that you are not finding yourself in a very reactive state and not finding yourself defaulting to panic or reactivity when met with something that is not familiar, not expected. So then The default aspect of self goes more toward a grounded, centered, aligned connection with what you as an individual know to be true for you. Decision-making processes, adaptation is really what we're talking about. A principled way to connect to our unique capacity as humans to adapt by understanding that we are very creative. But this creative aspect is not an isolated expression. We are always creating or co-creating, if you will, with the forces around us, the elements around us. And so this relationship now is heightened and becomes a very alive experience for the individual in connection to the forces around us. So we no longer continue to relate to everything that is happening in a defensive mode or in an aggressive mode because we are able to attune to that place which is more stable. And why is it stable? Well, because it's grounded And there is the capacity within the individual to align with that groundedness and from that place of stability, then connect outward and allow that which is outward to connect to us without the large fear charge, without that um, relationship to vulnerability that um, was so disempowering to understand that vulnerability is actually our access that is our gateway in order to be accessible to authentic power we must be able to relate to vulnerability for its potential for us
0: And why do you think that, you know, going back to something you said earlier, why do you think that for for half or for some people, it was so much easier to relate to this vulnerability and uh, quickly find their authentic power in this space? While, you know, the pandemic may not have been desirable, they were able to really adapt to the isolation piece pretty, pretty well, um, whereas yeah. others suffered and and were unable to connect to their vulnerability in a a thoughtful way?
1: Those who have a tendency to be more introverted or more comfortable with stillness or who have um, a stillness quotient requirement Mm -hmm. found that the space, um, the pause, the slowing down to be a gift because they're able to function better. Those who are more what we would call yang to the yin and more active and deliberate in terms of, um, goal setting outcomes, uh, the relationship to control, um, being one that they are more comfortable determining and playing a very lead role in rather than a response role where they are the call and not the response. This was something that felt akin to, um, Uh, almost death to them Mm. because the external world, the template of their lives uh, changed abruptly and suddenly and there was nowhere to go to plug in. The other part of that answer, Megan, is that people do not realize how highly reactive they are and that they're running on autopilot and that they are distracted outside of themselves, away from themselves quite frequently and became addicted to or dependent on distraction. Mm. So the distracting quality of a robust 21st century lifestyle in many ways probably substituted for um, a therapeutic experience. Um, when things or thoughts uh, became disturbing or uncomfortable, then we just allow our external reality to guide us away from it so we can avoid and we can pile a lot on top of what we are experiencing internally. That went away. It went away suddenly and no one had another way to cope. And I would assert that no one really had an authentic way to connect to themselves and the discordance, um, the echo chamber of one's thoughts and feeling states. And without that, people began to panic, implode, and truly, truly suffer.
0: While this suffering, I'm certain, is unfortunate for people that have had that experience do you also think that it has this this experience has enabled all people to gain a deeper understanding of themselves? Something that I think is so challenging is doing the work to to figure out who you are. And as you talked about, um, you know, oftentimes we're connected to the external and we distract ourselves from ourselves. And so, being forced to not have those distractions, whether introvert or extrovert. Um, do you think the pandemic has enabled us to really hold a mirror up and and identify certain characteristics of who we are?
1: Yes, Megan. I think um, the way you have related to it um, uh, as a microcosm, Mm -hmm. um, a microcosmic experience of life, it's very intense um, and amplified, right? Um, in this intensity. And it creates a shift. It forces us to choose in almost a more bina- binary way how to adapt. And some people did it quite reflexively, and some people are doing it quite consciously. And, um, and in those two extremes, you know, you find um, the essence of human nature and how it differentiates one person to another. We are, I would say without a doubt, it is inculcated and we are constantly guided from the time we are children to do and to think and to do and to think. That puts us in mind and it puts us in a very active role with our lives when we don't know what to do and all the thinking in the world begins to work against us, Mm. then we find ourselves at a loss. It's as though that net we never acknowledged has disappeared. And the only reason we know that is because we're in a free fall. And therefore, um, that produces so many fear responses and when you're dealing with this pandemic the the fear is at its base but i would say that you know fear is a trigger for many and a lot of the messaging that we receive even if it is not um, in an essential way uh, fear based or tends to motivate people through fear the fact that there is so much dissonance where there are many messages and they are quite discordant at best, it has a tendency to overwhelm us. So it overwhelms mind where we're accustomed to and have always been encouraged to process things. And we are stymied or limited because of, for example, the restrictions of quarantine so here we are, we cannot think it through and we cannot take an immediate action in a way that's familiar for us. And therefore, that created not only panic in people, but um, it really brought out or elicited some of the, um, the darker facets and, uh, of our human experience. So that is really what I feel is the truest pandemic and that's been with us all along um this disease challenge brought it to the surface
0: and i think now that the world is starting to open up again some of that is starting to dissipate but then we have this this new influence of the vaccine And I'm curious what your thoughts are on people's responses to the vaccine and and their decision-making process around uh, what next steps to take.
1: So that's a hot topic for everybody as well. It should be. So now there is a determination to make, and there's a lot of data and much of this data or much of this intelligence um, is inherently conflicting. So, That is where practices such as Qigong are very helpful because it allows you to ground and stabilize within yourself and to integrate the mind, integrate the heart, integrate the gut or the intuitive aspect. And when I say that, that means what is true for me? It's not so much closing out or... Um, blocking out the messaging or denying the fear. It is about creating what we are all able to create, which is a state of stabilization, a state of groundedness, so that there can actually be a clearer path forward because the connection amidst mind heart and intuitive intelligences has been clarified and that in qigong upper middle lower dantian these are giant chakras um, or vortices of intelligence that we have um, and which speak to us if we listen and in that we can gain more immediate clarity and more understanding of what it is that is best for us in any moment in time. And then owning the determination that we make because we're not doing so from a place of elicited fear or panic or obligation. We are. Are aligning what with what is true and best for us and understanding that by doing that we can actually own and be deliberate in the path that we choose going forward because so much of this is about understanding our personal agency with a quantum field of forces because we recognize that we are a force within this quantum field as well and that we embody intelligence and the forces around us, the elements around us have to one degree or another intelligence for us, for us. And if we are aligned, if we are centered, if we are grounded, if this shifts from being abstract or conceptual to an actual embodied experience, then what needs to come to us with this heightened receptivity will. And in that space of enhanced clarity Uh, between what we know to be who we are individually and what we know to be other or that which surrounds us, in that connective space, there will be what is true for us. And so it truly is, in Qigong, cultivating an increasingly refined partnership, collaborator collaborative give and take with the forces around us because we are stepping into our jurisdiction, our agency, our sovereignty over our own being. And we are doing that from a place of enhanced command. And that, of course, requires an increasingly comfortable relationship with vulnerability really a realigned one that allows us to become increasingly masterful within that vulnerability because that vulnerability is our power it is access to the universe and the universal forces access to us as individuals So in that space of connection, if we evolve to a greater awareness that we have power there, then clarity is spontaneously elicited and connection to a trueness, to to what we would say uh, alignment with that becomes increasingly stable and therefore produces what is authentically powerful rather than grasping outside in the external reality and manipulating it and dancing between action and reaction. We are going from within and able to connect through that really wonderful space that is Um, a matrix, if you will, a new highly intelligent and responsive one that we can easily partner with.
0: That's so interesting. And it, you know, listening to you, it's, it's becoming more clear to me that, and you had, you had spoken about this earlier, that the, the decision to get a vaccine or not get a vaccine or whatever we decided you know these over these past couple of months in regard to that it's almost a microcosm for how we as individuals choose to relate to the external so the vaccine could be anything external and then it's how we as a person and as ourselves decide how to Interact and engage with that thing, what whether it's a phone or email or a vaccine or a person that's giving us a challenge, um, it doesn't matter. But it's our ability to know ourselves better by how we work through our decision making process. So it's not good or bad or right or wrong. It is. It simply is. Um, and I find that quite profound. I always love hearing your assessment of, of things like this and how it relates to the bigger picture.
1: I appreciate that, Megan, what you're saying really is the bipolarity of our perception and not to find ourselves married mm. to one extreme or the other, but to understand as, you know, Qigong is essentially a, um, uh, a practice born of Taoism, And that is a practice born of understanding these two elemental forces, the yin and the yang, or the yin and the yang, some would say. The receptive and the assertive. And determining that the experience of wholeness is brought forward through the integration. So the bringing in from each extreme, from each polarity into integration. And again, that vulnerability aspect is required so that we can open to both extremes and find ourselves in what is referenced as the middle way um, and doing so in integrity
0: and Susan, you once told me that judgment is a polarization technique. So mm-hmm. s- since we're speaking of polarity, um, when we we bring judgment into this equation, because there has been a significant amount of judgment this past year, um, yes. how do we, as we are working on our own selves and how we're deciding to move through the next phase of this pandemic, how do we also manage through our own judgment of others, especially if their choices are different than our own?
1: I think that's a brilliant question. It's very difficult as, as humans um, not to register what is other mm. and to respond in a relatively primal way, meaning to polarize ourselves. And that is a fear-based response and at a primal level allows us in extreme situations to survive as a species. It really circumnavigates a lot of things. It really um, is a very blunt uh, primary way of discerning right from wrong, good from bad, and dark from light so that the more sophisticated, principled aspects of who we are are somewhat blunted or dismissed. And so therefore, it's not really an empowering way to relate. And if we understand, as you say, that polarization, which is born of a judgment, I'm right if you are not aligned with what I know to be right, then you are wrong. And ergo, if you are wrong, I must separate and distance myself from you. I may must disown anything that does not resonate with me mm. and my thinking or belief. Then we've created a polarity. And what I had said earlier is that it's in those extremes where we understand or can find immediate, perhaps uh, perceived safety, but that is not sustainable. That does not allow actually for a creative adaptation. That allows for an immediate sense of survival. It allows us a degree of perception But unfortunately, so many people align with one side or another. Hence the term politics. You know, at its root, it's pole. Mm. We pick a side and our lives are really around what side are you on? How do you categorize your belief? And through that judgment process, we can become increasingly polarized When we look at it in a macro and micro way, again, produced, surfaced by the pandemic, people found themselves isolated um, out of necessity. And when that occurred, the experience of polarity was very extreme in that isolation. And so we must bring forward the awareness as much as we possibly can. I believe that we're always doing that to ourselves and others we are polarizing and creating a distance that really doesn't serve ourselves or the whole because it's in the integration where the true power is and where the capacity to create or manifest lies
0: and so with that and in the vein of practicing this, this objective awareness before moving into polarization and or judgment, how can we take some of the tools that, that we gained, perhaps without even realizing, during COVID and use that to help us re-enter the world in a more meaningful way?
1: Well, to understand probably initially that the universe can be gangster. (laughs) If it is finding itself out of balance, my goodness, um, the universe will take over and create an extreme polarity in order to eventually achieve balance. So to take what it is we have known, what it is we have learned, and the truths which have surfaced for some of us, which we have excavated. And to say, I would not have these otherwise. This extraordinary circumstance in its extreme produced this for me. And there was really no other way I was going to slow down enough, have the space, have essentially a container to do this type of connectivity to self recognition of what my world has been and could be, and to take the gift of that because it is an enormous gift. And like so many things, it was born or brought forth uh, with great discomfort so that our attention was gotten And now that we are aware and we have a heightened sense, um, a renewed sense of vulnerability to understand though that all of that is actionable, that we can step into the power, which is our relationship to that vulnerability, which has had the opportunity to be completely reorchestrated. We've had the, opportunity and still do to reorient ourselves around that and to say this was in many many ways a gift Mm -hmm. I don't want to squander it I do have greater connectivity I have discovered truths I see the world and what it I took for granted and I have survived and transcended variability and the unknowability that is the world that is my being and that was always there. But I did my best to polarize myself from that. Our cultures are created and designed to insulate and buffer the fragility, if you will, and the unknowability. There are no givens. But to know that within this field of quantum forces, which is what Qigong really directly connects to from a place of uh, grounded empowerment, that we can become increasingly a very powerful part of the adaptation that takes place from this point forward. An increasingly directive, attending part of that. And I can't think of anything that aligns us more as a species with our power potential than to be a discerning part of adaptation, which is the evolution of our planet.
0: Thank you, Susan. Thank you so much for your time today.
1: Oh, thank you, Megan. This has been a joy for me. I so appreciate it. And I thank you. And I thank your audience.
0: Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Human Method Podcast. I am Megan Bond. And if you are interested in learning more about personal or organizational transformation, I would love to connect with you. You can reach me today at www.thebondconsultinggroup.com. I also want to thank Ayla Zimmerman for design and promotion of not just The Human Method, but our Bond Consulting Group site as well. She is a kick-ass designer, so please check out our site at thebondconsultinggroup.com. Sign up for our newsletter so that you can receive great content from us. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss our next episode. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. Our theme for the show, as always, is to be a little bit better each day. So remember, be better today.